Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And, and this, this is season four of Better Let Me Tell You. You know what I'm... What you were saying that really caught my attention? What? That 90s R&B channel. Yes. It's, okay. It's Vivo 90s on Pluto TV. Okay. That's like... That's me. <laughs> I, it, it, I was watching it for like a good two hours. And A, I knew every song. Clearly. <laughs> and B, I now have lots of questions about 90s music videos. 90s in general or R&B? In general. Well... Before we get to that, yes. everybody, yes. welcome to episode 147. <laughs> 147. How now, is everybody? Happy Friday. I think, Fiddle Friday. I think everybody's having a great Fiddle Friday, but you know, we're having a very good fake Friday right we're now. Friday. We are at <laughs> Beat Culture Brewery yes, sir. here in Miami, and we are actually recording live. From um, their brew room. From their brew, brew house, brew room. Yes, where the beer gets made. Yeah, we're, there's just stainless steel as far as the eye can see. Yeah, and um, it's a great, great place. Uh, just not only do they have, I'm not much of a beer drinker, but even I've been drinking the beer here because it's amazing. The sake beer. It, the sake beer oh, is like so outstanding. And most importantly. Uh, yes, thank you, Alan. He was incredible for hosting us. Yeah. Such a such a nice guy. And, you know, as we always try to do here in Pedro, let me tell you, we try to promote like local business, local Absolutely. people. And like this guy is making things happen here in Miami. And I can't really making things happen. Not like most people on Instagram. <laughs> Influencers that don't Just influence say. anything. Exactly. <laughs> Just say fake I, famous. I have uh, more influence on the weather than some fake famous that uh, we talked about a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yes. back on HBO. Um, but anyway, um, so great place so if you hear a little bit of commotion in the background we yes. are recording live yes there's an event going on right now a porsche event like yeah. it's yeah. it's it's popping you know that say. every time that we've done a live recording that we say recording live do you know what i want to say 
from the fabulous Alibaba Hotel of and course. Casino. I was going to go <laughs> recording live from the fabulous Alibaba Hotel and Casino. Fabulous. Uh, that's a little reference to Full House <laughs> for those who didn't get it. But anyway, back to 90s R&B. Yes. 90s R&B was the best. And let me tell you something. I, I, I uh, bow to the church of Key Sweat. It's a very sexy church. <laughs> I would say. Amazing. I, I, it's funny because, like, when you think of our 90s R&B, like, it was only a decade, right? But and early, not even. Because no, no, but, but early 90s R&B was so distinct from middle 90s R&B. Correct. Which was so distinct from late, late 90s, 90s R&B. R&B. Yes, yes, exactly. Because, like, late 90s R&B was, like, genuine and, like, Drew Hill. Right. Early and 90s that. R&B was lots of saxophone. Yeah, yes. No, no, no. Yeah, it was. Right. It was lots of saxophone. It yeah. is. Um, but middle, R, like mid-90s R&B, that's like butter to me. That's like... Well, because that, that's also because that's your Tony Braxton era. And Tony we know Braxton, how you feel about Tony. Key Sweat. Um, oh, my God. Make it last forever. That's like my jam. <laughs> <laughs> that's like... <laughs> oh God, make I it last forever. It. And Twisted. I mean... I, if I haven't, I haven't seen Key Sweat live. Uh-huh. If I see ever Key Sweat live, I will be a little embarrassed at myself because I'm gonna be there like singing. You know, you got <laughs> my love, baby. Well, but then there's you all the other women who are at the concert that are like just you. throwing their panties at the stage. So I think you'll be fine. I'll be like, you'll be fine. I'm not throwing my panties, right? But man, like '90s R&B is like the best. Yes. So check it out. Check it out. Vivo '90s. It's it's not just R&B. Like it also had like your like the teen pop. Yeah. So it had like the Britneys and the Backstreet Boys yeah. and all that. But it was like because it's nineties, right? Yeah, there is a lot of R and B. No, no, but it's the nineties, so it's like the first like two videos for each of them. Right. But then you also have got like Opposites Attract by Paul Abdul. Because when people nowadays when people say the nineties, they think of like ninety seven onward. Yeah, I'm like I'm no. like, no, give me a ninety one. Yeah. You know? But again, I feel when I think of nineties music. The music that I use to identify '90s music is like mid '90s, but that's fair. Because, like for example, like Salt and Pepper. Salt oh, and Pepper were big. They, in, played, they played Shoop. They were big in the '80s, and they were big in the early '90s. With let's talk about sex and all that. But I feel that they hit their stride with like Shoop even, and What a Man. Shoop and What a Man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even though, again, let's talk about sex. Um, oh, it's huge. And um, push it. Push it. I mean, push I mean, it is yeah. like a freaking icon. Yeah. That song, but I feel that like yeah, that that album very necessary, I, and, and I album. love uh, is none of your business. Oh my god! Thank you for reading my mind yet again. <laughs> love that song. I mean, they and then of course TLC. I mean, um, Red Light Special. There was a video that fe- it wasn't a TLC video, but there was a video that had Left Eye in it on when I was watching it, and it made me sad. What was it? Uh, you know what's up by Donald Jones? Yes, it was. <laughs> of course. Yes, it was. And then I got very sad because I was like, you know, she was like the proto Nicki Minaj, yeah. Cardi B. Like, if she'd still been around, like, I think she would have become of like that that icon. I don't think she gets enough credit um, because of the because she died young, number one. But I think also because of the TLC of it all, she didn't get that chance to break out into her own style as much. Yes and no. I think that when TLC were like at the top of their game, at the waterfalls, Left Eye was very much acknowledged for being like the creative and being out there. I think that her legacy should be bigger because her legacy is TLC. So, you know, again, as a legacy, it's right. more TLC, not 
left eye. Left eye. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. Because she actually, I mean, it's a long story. We don't have to get into that. But she actually, she kind of went solo at the end. She signed with Murder, Inc. And, and she Supernova? Uh, yeah. And that didn't take off. Like, it, it right. didn't. And, and then, then she, she was did, going under another name. And, and then she did the rap bridges for Mel C. For Mel C, which was kind of <laughs> out there. But, hey, Never Be the Same Again by Mel C. It was a number one hit in the it, it UK. Charted. So, um, and we have a lot to say about the UK in a minute. Yes. We'll get there. Um, speaking of 90s. Yes. Speaking of 90s. So this week, I don't know if it premiered this week, but, but I saw it this week. I saw the, um, the I guess... Revival or um, reboot of the real world New York. Oh, how was that? So wait, when did that come out? I saw it this week. No, 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 the original. Was it ninety? So it was. It came out in ninety two, but it was recorded in ninety one. Okay, right. And you know, I think we've. I know we've talked about the real world here in the show. Well, you know, we have my real world story, which I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat again. You're gonna gonna, in a minute. You're gonna cliff notes it because. When I think I when we, I spoke about the real world story at the beginning, it was like our first season, and thankfully we have more listeners now, yeah, so they so could listen to the story. But anyway, so you know what's like really interesting about the real world, the reboot. So I mean, whatever, I'm not giving anything away. It's a freaking reality show, but you know, th- that's over 20 years old. They kind of did it in the same way the real world would always start. That like the first roommate will get there, and then the second one, oh. and whatever, and it's at the same loft. Yes, yes, um, as the original in New York, and then at the and they're all there. They're like, where's Eric? Where's Eric? Eric Nice. Eric who went niece, on to host The, the grind, grind and all that and have fitness videos. And then what happened was he tested positive for COVID. Oh, really? Yeah. So at least in the first episode. He's not there. So from what I gathered, it's going to be several episodes, but they're together, I think, one week. Oh, okay. So they're probably going to film. So that's why I was thinking, I was like, shit, you know, like, you're not going to have enough time to, to, be okay. to be there. I don't know how that's going to play out. But it was... Was it, it... It was it was interesting in the sense that, especially the first season, again, you really have to appreciate this if you lived and breathed the real world. Right. Like, right. I, we did. I yeah. did. I mean, I was hooked on the real world. At least the, the first, like, beginning. five or six seasons, for yeah. sure, it yeah. was, like, appointment television. So... You know, you really have to, like, know the first season and know those people to, like, look at it now and be like, oh, my God, you're all in your 50s. <laughs> That's true. And, true. and you know, certain people like Heather mm-hmm. is still Heather, you know. Right. I felt I that Julie was still her. Eric from what – because Eric comes out on the TV. Oh, because he's virtual. Like, yeah, okay. he's virtual. Um, they all seemed pretty much who they were. Um, it's just – I, I think the, I, I think the part of it, especially with most of them, is that we saw so much of them for a few years. Right. Because even after the real world, the first season of the real world ended, Eric Nice was on the on MTV. Yeah, they were, they were Heather on Heather TV. Heather She's was a, singer, a, no? a rapper. Yeah. You know, so you still saw them for a few years after. Mm. But it's been a while since we've seen them. Right. And now they're all older. So it's like, oh, like. You're full of gray, like right, you're like completely you've aged. You've you're, aged. Yeah, yeah. So it's like we still have that image of them in New York, perpetually young, f- young, fearless. Yeah, you know, kind of naive and bold that yeah. you are in your early twenties. Um, but they're older; they're in their fifties. I think Julie is like forty-eight. You know, yeah, because the, let's she was the, the youngest one. The youngest one was like what eighteen, nineteen. You know, for example. I mean, what these are things that just come with age. Like Kevin, 
I mean, Kevin was like probably my favorite because he was like the black activist mm -hmm. and he so much had that passion right. for like, you know, being a young black right. man and, you know, being active. and being active and not to say that he's not now, but one thing is to be that in your early yeah. 20s and another thing right. is to be that in your early 50s. Just from an energy level. Right. Well, I mean, again, you know, not that he's not passionate about those things, right. but it's like, you know, you, you, you're older, you're wiser, you handle, you approach things differently. True, true. Um, so it's just to see like the change. He's like a lot more toned down. Um, Norman is in his 50s, you know, right. so I just, I... I mean, this is the thing about getting older that now that we're older, you know, we're not in our 20s anymore. You see things differently. And it's it's just, you know, what everybody says. You can't believe how fast time flies. It's unbelievable to me that that show is 30 years old. Yeah. It's crazy. unbelievable. Like, what? How is that show 30 years old? When did that happen? When did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, like when did it happen? Like how? Like where? Where? Where were we when this happened? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, and it's funny because it's like I mean, well now you have a kid, and it's like I feel once you have children, it's like oh now it goes by even faster. Yeah, it does because you you see it in, in them. You know that right? Because of when time. you think of like five six years, think of five six years is nothing. Right. But mm. when you think of five six years in the in, in the view the of, a of a child, right? It's like oh five six years you weren't even around, and now you're in kindergarten. Like, right. And now you have like ideas and thoughts. Yes. And, and, and opinions. Know, and opinions. And lots of opinions. Lots of opinions. Especially it's my kid. So, um, so that was really interesting. Um, so my real world story. I have a real world story, ladies and gentlemen. So I said this. I talked about this. I think season one or whatever. But um, I'll repeat the story. Uh, I think it's a hell of a story. It's 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 a great story. It's, it's a, great a great story. story. Well, Cliff notes it. So um, I I loved 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 the real world. I wanted to be on the real world. I I knew that I was. I, I just you know that I doubt myself in everything that I do. <laughs> but if there was something that I was confident about, was that I was real world material. I, I believe. So that. what would have been the real world Hawaii? I did a kick-ass like video. I Audition shot it. Video, I right? shot it at FIU, like okay. when I was in college. I did a kick-ass video. Um, oh, how funny! We're talking about '90s R&B, and in the background, they're playing uh, t uh, "Too Slow," um, hey, "Baby," when too we're close. "Too Close" by, by Next. next. Um, wow, perfect! They knew they knew we were talking about that. <laughs> anyway, um, so I. Apply. I send my audition tape to the real world, and you know I feel that like around the time of the real world Hawaii, the real world had peaked like in terms yeah. of like its popularity. Yeah, I mean, they, I think that would it, after Hawaii is when it started to come down. To come down, but by yeah. the time Hawaii rolled around, it was like a phenomenal. Like correct, it was it was a brand. Yeah, it was a brand. Yeah, it yeah. was a very established brand. So you know they used to get thousands and thousands and thousands of, of audition tapes. So I got the audition tape and I got a letter saying, "Oh, we have we have picked your tape." In the first round, right. so I think the first round was like I, I, I'm making up the number a thousand. I don't remember, right, right. and I remember it was a very like general form letter. Then I got another letter that stayed that had a questionnaire. Okay, and I filled out the questionnaire. So this was round two, like a month later. Okay. Then the questionnaire turned into a um, interview, like a phone interview, a phone interview, which. Nobody knew about this. Not even you. I like, did not know about this, ladies and gentlemen. Just it, finding out. Well, sort you're not of, just finding of, out, sort but, of, but, you, but that's how, like, right? You kept this on the low, right? Because I didn't want to be like, I'm going to be on the real world, and you know, right, and then what happens? Not, yeah. Right. So then I had another round of interviews with them, 
uh, this was on a conference call. And that went well. Before conference calls were a thing. Right. So now we're, I passed round three. Round four, I met with a few of the producers at the Hard Rock Cafe in Bayside. And they asked me general questions as well. And I remember that that day they had a camera. Like you were t it was like three or four people. And behind them there was a camera. And I imagine it was to see how I looked on camera. If you had presence. Like in a confessional. Right. So that was like the big one. Okay. So then they were like, okay, we'll let you know. By the time I went to the Hard Rock Cafe interview, I think they were down to like 50 people. Right. I mean, like they're whittling it down. They, yeah. they were down to 50 people. Yeah. Because I know that the, I'll never forget that the interview, the conference call, they were down to 250 people. Oh, wow. Right. So by the time we did Hard Rock Cafe, it, they were down to 50 people. So I'm just like, shit, I had made the cut from like thousands of people. Right. It, it's it's so, potentially a real thing. So um, they were like, okay, we'll let you know. Right. So... You know, days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and I never heard from them. Right. And I, I was like, okay, I guess I didn't make it. And I, I figured that they would at least send you, you like know, a no send me a, a thank you, but no thank you right. letter, right? But this was 1999. This was, you know, yeah. this was before email was like a real thing. Email, well, like, email was a real thing, but it still wasn't used. Not the way we do it now. Like now, and yeah. there wasn't really a contact like there is right. now. There was and, no texting. There was no whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I never heard back from them. And I'm like, oh, you fuck. Like, the, why, why couldn't they at least send me a letter saying, hey, How you didn't, rude, you didn't MTV. make the cut, right? So so whatever, the real world premieres, and I'm the real world Hawaii, and I'm like, fuck you, Colin. Like, I could have been you. <laughs> Do you think that's who you would have been? I know that's who I was, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So, so here's the kicker of the story, audience. About, this was 1999. I would say about 15 years later. <laughs> It wasn't that long ago. No, I know. I know. I was on a, I don't know if I was on a road trip. I was in the car with my father. And my father tells me, you know, there's something I need to tell you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Not something you want to hear from your father on a road trip. And he's like, remember when you applied to the real world? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And he's like, um, they sent you a FedEx with like plane tickets to go to LA. And I threw it away. And I was like, What? And he's like, yeah, because I didn't want you on that show because we come from a very decent family. And I didn't want you on that show. And I'm like, okay, so they send you plane tickets. Like, yeah, there were plane tickets to LA. And then after... Probably for like a final casting. Right, right, like the, the final. Right. So, and then after, they kept calling the house. This was 1999. I didn't have a cell phone yet. That's right. So they were calling the house. Literally the they house. They were calling my parents' house. Yeah. So my father and his sneaky ass shit probably turned the ringer off the phone so I wouldn't pick it up. <laughs> you were none the wiser. And I never found... I found out about it like 15 years later. And now... Now you say Colin. I know that I was supposed to be Colin and I'm going to tell you why. The real world Hawaii had a casting special. Which not all of them did. It had a casting special that showed how all of them were casted. And I'll never forget that the hosts of the casting special was Colin. Okay. And this girl named Soul. Okay. Right? And they hosted the casting special. They were like in like like the, the LA rounds of casting and they would mm -hmm. like sit with people like, Oh, you know, do you feel confident? You know, are you right, feel right, blah right, blah right. blah. And at the very end, Mary Alice Bunham, make sure you rest in peace, tells Colin Hey, we had somebody who didn't come through, and we're gonna offer. We're gonna we're gonna put you on the show. And I'm like, it's that, funny because now with what I know, I'm like, oh, that would have been me. For the record, Roberto, you robbed me of a chance to swim in a pool with a volcano. 
and I will never forgive you for that. And all the money I could have made in the reunion specials, I could have still be on the been on the on challenge. The challenge. I could have been on the challenge forty five. Like, yep, I, I could have been on the real world. I could have been on the real world. I could have been on the fucking real world. You know what though? It's probably good. No, and you do know, you remember? You know because, wait, 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 wait. I, because I don't think you would have cared about okay. Ruthie's drinking okay, problem. Wait, 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 wait. And do you remember what's the place all my life I've wanted to go to? India. Do you remember where their their trip was? No, it was India. Oh. They went to India, Nepal. <laughs> well, I should be the most. It's fun. So when my father tells me uh-huh. that day, that day, I was like, "Oh, really? Like, oh, why did you do that?" But once it sunk in, the next day, I remember I went to my parents' house just to tell off my father. I'm like, I can't believe you did that. And he's like, I don't regret it. And actually, it came up not so long ago. And he's like, I don't regret it. I don't regret it because it's someone depravado. And I'm like, this could have opened up a world of opportunity. Meanwhile, that was before the deprivation really kicked in. I know. <laughs> this was before Las Vegas. I was going to say. <laughs> and, and if I would have gone in the real world, it would have opened up a, le- a whole world of opportunities. I wouldn't have gone to law school. And I wouldn't be in student debt. So, you know, student loan debt. Evita. <laughs> You could have gone to India and swam. I know, I'm telling you, pole. I drove to my parents' house just, just to tell my father off. I'm like, what the fuck? What are you doing, Robert? Like, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, those were my plane tickets to the LA round of interviews. Oh, Lordy. So, yeah. yeah well, you know, par- parents, parents and family do things sometimes that we don't agree with. You know, even the royals. Even the Royals. So let's talk about that for a minute. So I want to ask you because, so obviously I have a, I have a vested interest in this because yes. I'm a huge Meghan Markle fan. Yes. Because as our listeners you may have know, mentioned once in 147 episodes, I love the show Suits. Yes. And Meghan Markle is from Suits. And that's like my favorite show. So yeah, I may have a little bit of an a interest in the bias. show. Um, and I've always legit, well, you've known yeah, me for 30 years. I've always loved the history of the British monarchy. Yes, that's true. So this is totally up my alley. For, from your perspective, you know, like a casual monarch, you know. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> enthusiast, as it were. Did you see the interview? So I did not see the interview. Wait, wait, what? Okay, I didn't see the interview because I was like, I was busy this week. So I didn't see the interview. But I did read articles. Like, I, EW did, like, a recap. Like, okay. you know, like the, the, the hot points. We run a, a podcast that is in part based on pop culture. And you did not watch one of the most memorable and important moments I of pop culture listen, in modern history. I can't do everything all the time. Okay, so tell me what you got. So I will say this. Overall, you know, I, I believe Megan... I, you know, when she says that it was difficult, that it was hard, that she had suicidal thoughts. That I mean, I am, I am totally on her side. I, agree, I, I get it. I, I feel I there's a butt coming. There is a big butt coming. But the part where she kind of loses me is when she tells Oprah something to the effect of like, you know, well, I didn't really know much about the, you know, about the royal family, and like, like she tries to play a little ignorant in that re- in that regard. And the reason that doesn't sell with me is because. Si ella fuera una estúpida, maybe. But the problem is that Meghan Markle is very intelligent. So I'm not buying the whole, like, you know, I didn't really know. Had she phrased it of, like, you know, I thought I understood what it would mean, but it was beyond my comprehension. It was more than, than I had imagined, you know, whatever. Like, you, you can't, like, she's an intelligent woman. Like, Sorry, they're playing fantasy by Mariah Carey. I know, I know, I know. I lost so, you. you I, I, saw you. I saw your eyes glaze yeah, and go to so, another place. Sorry. Um, with, you know, featuring Big Baby Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, que Dios lo tenga la gloria. Exactly. 
<laughs> There's someone who I don't think I've ever said that about. <laughs> um, so yeah, so like that's the only part to me that was a little like you know. I don't know, Megan. That I don't know. I don't. I don't know that I. You I, don't believe that I, she had like no idea what she was stepping into. Exactly. Um, because I don't care how little you know about the monarchy. Like it's Princess Diana was basically killed by the paparazzi. So yes, you really you don't yes, know what you're walking but I into. I think what she was the way I took it. Now maybe she didn't phrase it properly to my taste. Maybe she didn't phrase it properly. I understand what you're saying. Um, when we say Madonna. You know, when you show up at my door to date me, you know what's you know what you're in store that's for. That's true. Um. But I think that maybe she didn't know or understand the extent. the extent of the protocol of the British monarchy. For example, again, no, 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 be enough, for example. No, 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 I was, again, I'm not as big a, mon- uh, uh, a royal family buff as you are, but even I know that, like, once you become a royal, you have no, you will never make another decision that is yours again. Right, but, but like, for example, she. I could see, even if you know about, like, the British monarchy, you know, like, the Queen of England, you know, you know the basics, mm-hmm. right? For example, women that are, I don't know if it's in the, the whole monarchy or at least high members of the British monarchy, can't wear open-toe shoes. Oh, I didn't know that. But yeah, like, stuff like that. But you it know, doesn't they surprise could only, me, they could only, I'm saying. It doesn't surprise you, but I think that when, you know it's going to be a restrained environment, but I think that maybe... She she knew it was going to be restrained. Like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of things that I'm not going to be able to do. But I think that maybe she didn't appreciate the full extent of that restraint. But that's know? what I'm saying. I think if she had phrased it that way, I'd be a little more like I, I would buy that side of the argument more. It's just the way she phrased it is, is maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm parsing. But. Um, because, like, she said something there, which I actually had heard before. I had heard before where um, she didn't have access to her own driver's license and passport. And those are things that you don't think about because mm-hmm. what is more intimate and attached to you than your like your driver's license and your identification? Sure, yeah, and she doesn't have that. Like she doesn't really have a purse, like like right. with her like documentation like in it, right? Um, and you know, for example, they and this is something that's very well known. Like I imagine that now they've been less restrict- restricted about it, but a lot of times when these monarchs will go on these tours, they couldn't take their kids. Oh yeah, and that, they'd be gone for like six months without like freaking seeing yeah, your kids. Yeah. You know, well, Diana was the first one who basically said this one nada. Right. So I think that you know maybe she didn't appreciate the odds and ends and all that. You know, like look, I there I was, just think that we're not talking about an institution that's new. Okay. Was there anything else of the interview that like stuck out to you that? I found this one part that was, to me, just personally, I found it a little, like, I get what she was saying. I get why she said it. I get where she was coming from. But I found it a little, like, bitchy. Um, again, for my taste, when she talks about, like, the whole thing about the the wedding and the flower girls and how they had said that she had made Kate cry. And I she, think she could probably have left that out. Yeah, because she was kind of like, it, it was great because she was just kind of like, well, that's not true. Like, they kind of made me cry and whatever. But, you know, we're good now. So, you know, I don't want you to be upset at her. It's like, oh, so you just went through this whole story of telling us how she's a total bitch. But now you're like, no, no, no. But I don't really want you to hate her. Right. Like, <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> I like, And again, I, I, I tried to see this in an unbiased way. Right. Right. A lot of people have been saying like, well, uh, like that. Why does she have to drag, you know, Kate Middleton through the mud right. and why you know that if they really want that much privacy why did they have to sit down with Oprah because they knew they were going to get the attention they got yeah they didn't sit down with Gail they sit down with Oprah right <laughs> um, but here's the thing and, and I understand that argument but here's the thing these people have been well Harry all his life right. and her in the last four years 
for four years, so let's just talk to, about them as a couple. For four years, the narrative has been made up about them. Right. Right. People have made up stories like about do, them. Like they do about any celebrity. Get, right. But, but the Royals, this is on another right, level. Right, right, right. The narrative has been built completely stolen from them and made up. And there's been racism. And especially there has been an attack on her. Because say what you will, but there has been an attack in the British tabloid press of her. And again, be it because she's black or American or whatever, I, I agree. It's for whatever been, reason. It's, 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 been, pr- it's probably a combination of all that. Because the best example of that is, I think it was BuzzFeed. I forgot which publication it was that used the coverage of Kate Middleton yes, yes, versus that. her. Yeah. Like when Kate Middleton was pregnant, I think, with the, her first baby. Look how lovingly she's and, rubbing her bum. Whereas with Meghan Markle, it's like, why can't she leave her baby bump alone? Right. When Kate Middleton was into avocados, oh my God, it's so great that she's into avocados. Right. So healthy. When Meghan Markle was into avocados. Oh, oh she oh, makes them bring it in from California. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, and yeah. it's causing a water shortage and like people are dying right. because of her avocados. Right, 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 right. And it goes on and on and right. on. Like it's, it's like, continuous like the examples they give it there's like 20 30 examples of this um so when you see that you see that these people's narrative was stolen Mm -hmm. and now they're finally like you know what we're out of this bullshit and now we're gonna say what we need to say guess what guess what politeness week is over and we're gonna say what we need to say you know you won't get mad buttercup deal with it Right, um, I don't believe that it, when Oprah said it that they weren't paid for money, and the whole thing about how dark that baby was gonna be. I remember people, I, uh, people that I know saying, and mm-hmm. I mean, we're right. Americans, we don't. The monarchy doesn't mean to us right, right, what it means shit, to yeah. them. You know, I remember people saying that I know. It's like saying, like, if that baby comes out too dark, you know the monarchs are gonna have a problem with it, right? Right, because of the history that of they the monarchy, have yeah. of the monarchy, right? There's no, I mean, just think of how long the monarchy has lasted, and it's always been white. So right. the fact that somebody was questioning the shade of the baby, I, I don't doubt it at all. I don't doubt that at I all. I don't doubt it at all. At all. At all. And then you know. Freaking Pierce Morgan. Oh, you know, <laughs> does anybody talking about, you know, if the baby's going to, you know, maybe be darker, you know, uh, is that racist? No, Pier- Pierce. If it wouldn't, the same if like it's two white people. You say, oh, what is he going to get from the mom? And what is he going to get right, from right, the, right, right. the, the It's thing. about context. Right. It's a, exactly. It's about context. One thing is for you to say if you're an interracial couple to be like, right. oh, you know. He got my mother's eyes and my dad's hair or whatever. Right. And know. another thing, as they described it, is that there were concerns. Like, the key word right. is concerns, right. right? Because otherwise, it'd be like, you know what? If the baby comes out dark, he comes out dark. If he comes out light skin, he comes out light Redhead, skin. Redhead, whatever. If he comes out, you know, ginger, who yeah. cares, right? That's clearly not what happened there. Right. So, you know what? There's a part of me that is kind of happy that she, they kind of absolved Queen Elizabeth because she... I have a love-hate relationship with Queen Elizabeth. Again, I've, right. I've read of the monarchy. I have a whole like level of books in my library at home of the British monarchy. I, I go back and forth with Elizabeth. Like, I think Elizabeth, on the one hand, she's the longest-serving monarch of all history, of all time. Um, she seems like a very dignified person. And I understand that there's times that she's come across being Cold. heartless. And maybe she just wanted to just handle things privately and quietly. So I have a back and forth with her, but honestly, because she is the Queen of England and she represents so much, I'm happy that it's not her. 
Well, but I think that's it goes to because I think it would have been so disappointing if it was her. If it would have been her, like you her know, orders. As, yes, as the head of the monarchy. But it's but it's interesting because I think it's not that it's less disappointing if it would have been like Charles or William. They're both going to be king. No, but, but no, it's like but it's like the old saying. You know, it starts at the top, right? Right. Um, I think it is interesting. You know, again, and it goes back to something that actually you and I have experienced just with this show, where you know there are times where it's not the person. And I think that's what they were trying to do with distinguishing between, like, the family, the firm, the uh, yes. whatever, the administration, whatever they call it. You know, sometimes, like, you hear these horror stories about, like, you know, oh, my God, dealing with so-and-so was a nightmare because blah, 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 right? And it's like, but did you deal with so-and-so? No, I dealt with their publicist. Right. A lot of times, it's right. the publicist. And that's why they said it in the interview. Right. Trying to do something that they think is in the best interest of who they're representing, and they become a nightmare. And then, unfortunately, because a publicist is John or Jane Smith, who right. nobody knows, then it becomes, oh, fulano de tal is a total asshole. <laughs> I love that video. Now they're talking about publicists. That video that exists on YouTube. So this is a uh, Mariah Carey interview from when she re- was releasing the Butterfly album. With that Tabitha, Tabitha Soren on him from MTU oh, was interviewing her. And it, this uh, obviously this didn't make it on air, but the video exists on YouTube, uh, and you could find it yeah. of like the behind the just, scenes. Just look up Tabitha, Tabitha Soren Mariah Faha with Mariah Carey's. <laughs> And publicist. the worst part is that they're on a boat, so they can't go anywhere. Yes. And Mariah's <laughs> sitting there like, okay. And Mariah's like, can we just finish the interview? Like, and, But she could tell that she was caught. Well, she literally was well, caught yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of it. Yeah. And she's like, take me out of this. Like, the, it, it is. People look it's up cold. Mariah Carey Tabitha Soren fight interview. It's but cold. anyway. Look it up. Look it up. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm I, like team Harry and Markle. Uh, Harry, Harry and, and Markle? <laughs> Harry and Megan all the way. Um, I think that he, maybe because of the things that, you know, the, 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 uh, thankfully, knock on wood, knock on, <laughs> knock something, on stainless steel. I can't relate to what the loss of a parent is, thankfully, thank God. Um, Especially that traumatic. And, uh, but the loss of a parent manifests differently on different people, right? We don't know in private how badly William has taken the loss of True. his mother. But Harry has been very open about how it's affected him. And, again, not to say that it hasn't affected William. Well, everybody's different. Nobody, but, but, right. but Harry has been very open on how it's affected him. And I think that he has a different perspective that the public does not understand. And I think that when you start looking, like I actually went back and looked at the Martin Bashir interview that Princess Diana gave in 1995, mm-hmm. and it's almost the same thing as... These people were saying in this interview right. that you know she wasn't listened to. She was treated as an object. That her feelings and her person was completely lost. It's not about you. It's about the the, the royal image. That you know they, they wanted to control her life in every way, shape, or form. That it was it was destructive. I mean, all this, all this. Excuse me, and and it, it's it's sort of you know what these it people mirrors. have been saying. Yeah. And I thought that one of the most telling parts was when Harry was speaking and he said, you know, he was talking about the finances and he goes, no, thankfully I have the money my mom left me because she almost saw this coming. I thought that that was really oh, wow. telling, you know, because there's a part where he goes, he, they, we were, they were cut off because the whole thing with them that happened was that they weren't going to get security. Right, right. Because they, their, their goal was not to leave the, the monarchy, was to step down from being senior monarchs. Oh, okay. So they would have been like... Forty daughter levels. Oh, like, okay. Right. Um, That's a great level. You can still do a sponsorship with Weight Watchers. <laughs> and um, they weren't going to give them security, 
and they're like, but we need security. Mm. And and their whole thing was like, forget about me. Like Megan was like, forget about me. But he, this is his birthright. Like, right? Why right. are you denying him security? And that was like the whole thing. Like one of the things that started like to get to the breaking point. Um. So yeah, I just. I, I, I feel bad for them and, and I really, really hate when, I, like, this is something that really bugs me because this is people hablando mierda. Because, you know, people tienen que hablar mierda. When people are like, oh, yeah, you know, in their $15 million mansion. And, right, rich right, people problems. Right, right, rich people problems. Like, cry me a river, you're rich. It's like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Like, because they're rich, they don't have problems. I've always thought, I've always, my personal more money, more problems. View, view on things is that the more money you have when you are depressed or you're going through something tough, it's even worse because you have all these things and you say to yourself, I'm supposed to be happy. Right. I should be okay. I should be okay. And I'm not. And another example I give is like, you know, people that say these things about usually it's celebrities or people with power, people that have money. Oh, like whatever. If I had your money, I wouldn't have any problems in the world. It's such bullshit because you know what? As a middle class person, you have problems. You have <laughs> a car, you have a house, you have food on your table, you have clothing, you have things to live your normal life. You know what? Somebody who's homeless doesn't have anything of that and is struggling to find a meal. And I'm sure that from that homeless person's perspective, you're rich. You have no problems. So what the hell are you complaining about, Karen? You know? Right? No, you're right. It's all perspective. Yeah, it's all perspective. It's all perspective. So, you know, I, I feel bad for them. You know, a freaking Pierce Morgan is a slob because Pierce Morgan has been, for months, not now, has oh, been yeah. personally attacking her. right? That he had, like, I don't know if they had dated, but they knew each no, other no, no. personally. They, they didn't date. They had met up for drinks once. Right. They knew each other Literally personally. Literally once. Right. Yeah. Right. And then after that, that was the same night she met Harry. Right. And she never, you know, reached out right. to him again to say hello right. or whatever. And so, yeah, yeah, right. And and then again, I know in this day and age, everything is editorial journalism, yeah. which is a everything's an, an op-ed. That's an oxymoron in a way. Yes, editorial journalism. So. And it, the thing with him is so like he hates her so much that like he's blinded by it. You know, and he quit his show. He walked out and quit. <laughs> I know, I saw that. I saw the video, like, when it first got posted. Uh -huh. You know, because Twitter was on fire. Yeah, yeah. Twitter was, like, freaking, you know. A blaze. Uh, yeah. And um, this guy from the morning show. Yeah. From Good Morning Britain. Oh, I'm like, which morning show? So, <laughs> in Good Morning Britain, he yes, walked yes. off. Because, because it was, like, the weather man. The weather guy, yes. you know. Basically, was like, it was like, ¿Qué te pasa con He was like, you know, you attack her every day, and we have to hear this. Every single day, we get it. You don't like her. You you knew her personally, and you know she. Whatever happened, happened. She dodged yeah. you, and she has a reason to reject. She has a right to reject you. We hear this every single day. Like, move on, get over it, and then you know that's when Pierce Morgan got up and left. He, it's just it's a very it's very toxic. You know, if you don't like them, just leave them alone. Yeah. You know. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm sure that her him not liking her also, you know generated a degree of ratings for the show so I'm sure that his bosses didn't have an issue with him always talking shit about her because every time he did yeah but did you became, hear what happened but I'm saying every time he did it would be a meme but did, it you, would hear, be, did you hear what happened he quit but I think it was one of those either you quit or we fire you yeah because yeah. they got like 42,000 complaints right because the problem was that he complained about it, he started questioning whether her allegations or her claims of being suicidal were true yeah. or not and at that point, yeah, you're not talking about like, oh, she's such a bitch, right? Like now you're talking about mental health, and uh, right. that's a different story. 
that's whatever. He's awful. Awful. So. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah. He's not, a, and, again, and to think, at one point we wanted him to, you know, tell us America's Got Talent. I, I mean, look, I'm not going to say I've never liked Pierce Morgan, but Pierce Morgan has never been my cup of tea. Nifu, nifu. Yeah, I've been like, whatever, Pierce Morgan, like. You're no Larry King, sir, no matter what CNN thought. Yeah. Did you see the interview of Chelsea Handler that came out? With him? Yeah. No. Chelsea Handler was in a show some years ago when it was on CNN, and Chelsea Handler was like, you're not a very good interviewer. And he's like, well, maybe you're not a good interview. She goes, yeah, but it's not my job for this to be a good interview. It's yours. <laughs> and then apparently this is when like they had already been canceled. And he's like, and apparently you're not very good because if not, your show wouldn't have been canceled. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, in the Chelsea, you know. Yeah, that Chelsea Handler, Handler way. Way. So before we go to our interview, I just wanted to say really quickly that today <clears throat> I went to CVS to pick up some prescriptions. Okay. And God, God, do I love Miami. <laughs> I mean, was it for your rosacea? <laughs> no, my God, no. <laughs> um, I was so I was there in the CVS pharmacy. Of course, they had one person at the counter. Always. And there was like four or five people there. So there was un señor un viejo guano ahí con el bastón. You know, just wanted to make ruckus. No, porque a mí me llamaron y me dijeron que la pastilla mía ya estaba. Y mira, ya estoy aquí hace diez minutos y no tienen la pastilla. Pero ¿por qué me llamaron? ¿Por qué me llamaron? And then he would like look at everybody. No, porque... Uh, uh, then, you know, the other Buscando people. Buscando el pleito. Right. And then he would look at me and I go, sí, señor, qué cosa, ¿verdad? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to continue with this. <laughs> Entonces estaba Marta. Oh. Marta. And her name was Marta. Okay, okay. Who had like... I'm not kidding, like nine prescriptions to pick up. Pero, right, and she had questions on all of them. Pero esto se toma con comida. ¿Y cuántas veces esto se toma? And then the lady at the counter, señora, como tú sabes, las instrucciones right. está en, la, en el eh, paquete. Eh, right. No, sí, sí, yo sé, pero, pero no estoy segura. Señora, está en el paquete. Sí, pero um, no, no, no sé cómo. Like, I'm not kidding. She had like nine um, prescriptions. prescriptions. Entonces, I think his name was Alberto and hers was Clara, who were like super upset that there was one person in la caja. Okay, fair. Right. Fair. Right. But they were being very vocal about it. Pero como es esto? Hay una sola persona aquí. Right? And I think it was Alberto because I heard her call him Alberto. And then I think that somebody in the, in the back who was processing her prescription, uh -huh. from what I gathered, was said Clara. Um, like Clara or whatever her last name was so I was like so there I was you know and I'm like I love this <laughs> this is everything you could want and more. I love this I don't care that this is taking forever I don't care that I'm wasting 
30 minutes of my life picking up a prescription that should have only, mind you, and then when they finally call on me, I'm like, Darian Board, just all your prescriptions here, I pay in, you know, in less than yeah, two minutes, like, I was you're gone. Like, whatever, I'll and take I'm it like, how I take it. But I'm like, you know, I got a 30 minute show for free. I was like, this is what I love about Miami. That is true. I love it. Where else would that have happened? Um, no. And when I left, the viejo still had not gotten his prescription. Aw, poor viejo. I hope, he's, I hope he's still not there. He's still <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, so. Lord. But you know what else is a, kind of a Miami staple? Demi. Hi, Oh, yes. And that is also the name. In of fact, when I think of Hi, I think of Miami Vice. I think of Miami Vice, of course. Number, opening scene. Of course. Sequence. Of course. Well, today we have the lead singer of a band based in Miami by the name of High Lie. His name is Oscar Sardinias. And their new album, well, actually their EP, it drops today. Um, they've got a really cool funky sound. Yeah, and I really, really like them. To, to say they're a Miami-based band and then hear the music that they make, it doesn't click. Yeah, because people have preconceived notions of what Miami but it sound so is. But it's so good. It, it, no, it's excellent. But then, but then it begs the question, like, what is the Miami sound? Well, the Miami sound machine, clearly. Well, Yes. yes. <laughs> so here's our interview with Oscar Sardinias from the band Highlight. And welcome back, everybody. As we said, we have with us the vocalist from local band that I gotta say I am totally grooving to has really worked its way in. You guys are like earworms in the best way possible. Like it, you're you're in my head. The band is named High Lie, which I gotta say, congrats, because I think that is possibly the most Miami name you could come up with. Uh, you know, you guys are from Miami, you're a band based out of Miami. We've got Oscar Sardinias with us here today. So thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. Now, gotta say, I know you guys are a Miami band. You know, it's you, you got a, a nice, good little Latino mix of heritages in there from Venezolano, Salvadoreño, Cuban. How did you guys, I gotta ask, the name. Like highlight. I mean, that's uh, that. That just feels like such a. I guess being from Miami, I, I know what that is. But why did you guys decide on that name? Well, I mean, I'm I'm from Miami. Uh, my other bandmates, two of them are from Venezuela. One's from El Salvador. Um, but highlight is it's such a Miami thing, and and it, it just makes me think of Miami culture. The 80s, uh, ESPN did a documentary, a 30 for 30 on it. Yes, it did. That, that it, I watched it before we even named ourselves that. But I, I don't, all I know is we had a bunch of bad names before, like some <laughs> terrible names. And, uh, and, and we were like, guys, none of this is sticking. I wasn't saying that. I was, I was cool with whatever. Let's just get a move on. But um, one night we were, we were hanging out. And Ricky, our drummer, was drinking highlights, and he looked at it, and I guess in some sort of a not drunken epiphany because he wasn't drunk, you know, but in some sort of epiphany, he was just like, "Hey, what about highlight?" And I thought about it, and I'm like, "Okay, not because of the beer, but rather the name and the sport." My family's Basque, so. I was like, oh, that's a cool name. So I, I searched it in Google and looked for it everywhere, and it wasn't taken. So we're like, that's it. And yeah. Gotta you, say know it. What, you know what's funny? That like when Ish scheduled this interview and put it on our calendar, <clears throat> I looked at it, and I'm like, 
I, I didn't realize it was in the context of a band. And I was like, are, is Highline the sport making a revival? And we're like going to interview like people. <laughs> the head of Highline, the CEO yeah, of Highline. Like, the official, a couple. Yeah. And then, but you know, it's funny though, that when, you know, obviously we talked about the fact that you guys were a band and we did a little research on, you know, what we, we found on, on your band. Um, it kind of makes total sense because the word highlight is a really cool word. Um, even if you know nothing about the sport, it's, it's sort of a, a cool word. Um, so I think it makes total sense. It's sort of an homage to Miami, but without being too overtly Miami. You know, it's not like you named your band Dale, you know, or like, you know. Um, I would. <laughs> so I think actually it's a really, really cool name. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I got to say, Cool sport, great beer, fantastic band. Now, you guys have been around since about 2019, right? So it's fairly fairly recent, I, I guess, like officially. is that Would that be correct? No, we, we've been around since 2016, you know, playing shows and kicking around. And, and we've, we've, we've had a couple of releases. Um, but 2019, we released our first LP. That's right. Uh, say so yeah but but we, we were you know just you know ma making the rounds playing shows having fun meeting people and and exploring the beautiful rock scene that is south florida yeah i got I, go, ahead, go ahead so how um you know you said that you the your other musicians are you know have different backgrounds how did this start were you guys just friends for a while who always talked about making a band and uh, just one day did it or how did it start and and most importantly stylistically um how did you decide what what you were going to do what you were going to contribute stylistically to the music so we'd met sounds like an eHarmony commercial <laughs> but we we met um we we met around. I know it was cold. I forgot the the day. I'm not I'm not good with numbers, but we so we if met. It was cold in Miami. It's like February. Probably <laughs> it was around there. It was. I think it was for Ricky's birthday. R Ricky used to have people over at his house a lot. Ricky was friends with a good friend of mine, George Patterson. Shout out to George if you ever you know if you ever around listening to this, um, but we met at a party and we just kind of hit it off as friends and and then ricky had instruments in his room and they were jamming and they're like oh you know everyone's switching instruments so i, I hopped on the guitar and i started playing some songs i was in a band previously and and that band you know I, we just kind of went our own separate ways so i was i was kind of looking to start a band actually and that night it, I, I was i was like really looking to start a band to be honest with you um, I felt like, you know, that night we, I, I just started playing songs and, and they jumped on. It was, it was kind of immediate. Like Ricky was there and Hobie was there and I played a song and it just, it felt like this is right. It, it immediately felt right. And that was, that was it. There, there wasn't like, no one was like saying to do anything. It just, it all just kind of came out sounding like that. Yeah. I have to say your music, I, I, I the the word I most, I think, would use is to describe it is it's groovy. 
you know, and I mean that in like I use groovy all the time, um, <laughs> because it's got just like a really great vibe. Like, and I I didn't even know how to explain it until I read. You know, I was looking through again some of the emails that I think we were back and forth with your. I'm, gonna, I'm assuming your publicist, and they you know I saw something that said you guys blend dream pop with shoegaze and psych, and I'm like, I yes, that's exactly what it is. It's there's just this like super chillax vibe, like. You know, just let it, like I said earlier, become that earworm. How did how did you guys decide that, you know, that's the sound? Like, how did you arrive at that? Again, especially being from Miami, where, you know, the argument could be made so much here is Latin-tinged, quote-unquote. You know, mm-hmm. and you guys almost have like a Doors sound. I, I think it just comes to the, the kind of music that we like. As far as like a groove goes, though, the, that, that started happening when Mario joined the group mario lemus uh our bassist and uh he he's he's a very groovy bassist so he kind of added that he added that element like i'm like i I, i'm not that groovy uh i don't think compared to like he had short i think you're pretty good he added oh well but he he added that element though and but as far as the 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 music you know having like it not sounding so Caribbean or, you know, like Latin infused. I, I do think that there are touches of that, but yeah, I mean, my, my, at least my favorite groups have, Oh, I've always loved, you know, not, not so much that I grew up on rock. I grew up on like, you know, MTV Nirvana, you know, stuff like that. So it's just kind of like the strokes, all that kind of stuff. It, that, that kind of, you know, smoking pot, opened the door to like when I was little <laughs> to liking to liking the doors and Led Zeppelin and you know whatever else the Velvet Underground and that and that spiraled into loving rock and roll you know and it's still that's my favorite you know kind of music it still is what is um the creative process for you um for us I, I it really varies I I don't think that any two songs have the same process to them. Uh, the, the, for example, the song Victor's Belt, which is, it's, it's the one that I feel people request the most. Thanks for bringing it uh, up. It's my current favorite, by the way. And I'm, I'm oh. not, yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. A lot of, a lot of things, like the best stuff with, with us just happens. So like Victor's Belt was, uh, Mario showed up to. Uh, we were rehearsing in back of Churchill's, at this uh, at the at the rehearsal space the in back of Churchill's. Churchill's. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Churchill's. But yeah, it. Uh, we were rehearsing there, and Mario was just. Uh, he he brought an upright bass. Just randomly decided to lug this enormous upright <laughs> bass. As one does. And, and, yeah, as one does, you know, on a regular Tuesday afternoon, let's just lug this giant piece of equipment. And and he brought it in, and I was like, okay, cool, let's see what happens. He just started playing, bump, 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 bump. And, like, literally, I kid you not, I have an iPhone recording of it. The song came out. Like, it just, like, everything flowed, the guitars, the voice, the drums, the all of it all came out like okay. that. And and that's wow. kind of, like, to, to me, like, the best stuff with this group has happened like that. Yeah. It's funny. You say you're like, I don't think I'm a groovy person, but that was probably like the grooviest answer I've ever heard. It's like, well, he showed up with the stand up bass and we were just like, 
okay, we're doing this now. Like that's like the epitome of just like. <clears throat> I think know. I think we were chilling though. I think we were we we were really chilling. You know, and, and I kind of miss those days a lot. You know, obviously COVID and like everything. You know, forced people indoors a little bit more. But that yeah, the best stuff comes out when we're chilling. Just curious, where was the the video to uh, that song shot? That was shot by Hovi. Hovi decided to live in Mexico City, uh, like I think it's two years ago. It feels like five years ago. But but he uh, he he moved out there. His and and uh, and everything went well. We did a tour in Mexico, and uh, he he kind of was like our ambassador there, and uh, he. He said he 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 knew there's a lot of artists in Mexico City, so he he made friends with the with a video director and and they shot it right on his rooftop. That was shot on his actual home's rooftop in Mexico City. It's really beautiful. Cool. Yeah, the video. Go on. Sorry. No, I was saying I was trying to figure it out, so I'm glad you asked that, uh, Darian, because I was like, where was that shot? Like I could not figure it out. I'm like the rooftops look familiar, but they don't. Yeah, that was in CDMX. Ah, there we go. Now, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned you guys had toured in Mexico, but you also mentioned COVID. What has that been like for you guys? Like, how have you ad- adjusted, you know, to, to life with with COVID in terms of performing and, and being a band? Well, performing has been kind of out of the question uh, for now. Hopefully with, uh, you know, the vaccine coming out and, and all that. You know, hopefully there's some sort of herd immunity. I, I, I'm personally not, I'm not into the idea of performing to, uh, you know, the limited capacity and everyone standing like, you know, 10 feet away from each other thing, like so much, unless it's like some sort of a curated event, you know, mm-hmm. like I think that right now it's forced us to get more uh, into creating content, into filming videos, into, um yeah, that kind of stuff, recording, writing, and, and doing all that. But up until now, we haven't wanted to perform at all. Like now we're kind of starting to uh, entertain that. And, and uh, by next month, we'll, we, we should feel better about it. But, you know, it's still kind of, Well, you, yeah, do, you have a performance yeah. coming up in March at the Adrian Arsh Center, right? Uh, March 26th, yeah. you were mentioning? Yeah. So <clears> mm-hmm. I know that they've been doing a lot of like outdoor like outdoor yeah that's it, that's an outdoor event and uh, and it's socially distanced and it's uh it's it's a beautiful place of course the famous adrian north center They're doing it in the courtyard, um, right i believe yeah yeah, yeah yeah i think i was referring more to like perfor- performing at like an indoor rock venue like a you know a crammed you know like yeah, sweaty room kind of thing you know it's, it's not like, the same it's not the same to be like in a, <clears throat> on a on a stage indoors and have like 10 people it's you're, you're yeah. not gonna get that vibe yeah yeah, I feel like outdoors is different because you have, you know, things to look at and, and, and it's, you know, the setting, you know, it, it's everything. But, but yeah, I, I hope that I hope that it comes back soon. I think, you know, maybe maybe by the fall or something, you know, we should start seeing more shows happening. I hope so. So, you know, during this time of COVID um, that for better or for worse, we've been stuck at home. Um, have you guys gone through like a creative uh, moment where you've just been producing a lot of stuff has it inspired you guys how has how has covid uh, affected your you know the, the way you make music if at all 
a lot. Um, it's it's been a lot to process. I feel like 2020 was a lot to process because of COVID and politically and you know the social climate and all that. Uh, a lot of music, a lot of a lot of music has been written, and you know, hopefully, we 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 can record it and put it out at some point. So I know you have an EP coming out uh, in March. Was any of that? the result of like these covid you know sessions as it were i guess we'll, we'll call them covid sessions um the covid sessions the covid sessions that led the to COVID maybe session. as, as sweet as i was which is your lp um ep sorry you know did any of that make it on there or was this stuff that's just like had been coming for a while no that most of most of as sweet as i was is 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 uh i 2020-ish without being too topical i hope you know like like I, I i try to avoid that kind of thing we just released a single that you know it's a little bit you know hits the nail on the head a little more as far as like the political stuff and the up, upheaval and whatever you want to call it you know but but it, 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 <clears throat> yeah um oh yeah of course it was a very inspiring time i mean god it, it's this the craziest year of my life i i I don't know, yeah. Like, uh, just like ob- ob- observationally, you know, it's just been a, it's been a, it's been a crazy year. So yeah, a lot of music came out of that, you know. Just so, yeah. Now that you mentioned politics, without having to dive into politics, La politica. <laughs> you interview a lot of different artists on 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 here. Do you feel that um, as an artist, you have sort of a duty to express? you know, whatever your, not necessarily your political view, but whatever it is you're feeling at the moment as a result of politics, or do you rather just kind of stay out of it and have somebody else deal with it? Um, huh. That's a great question. Uh, Let's remember the single's name is Vesuvius, the <laughs> the volcano that exploded. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, as far as <clears throat> I've always, yeah, I've, I've always, I haven't turned away from from that. I I don't. I, I you don't want to be too blatant or obvious unless you're like you know if you're an artist like Public Enemy or like Rage or something like that where you're like just so in your face about it and that's like your thing. That's amazing, you know. And and you got to do it like that. But yeah, I've I've made some veil veiled attempts at uh, at that. Yeah, I think I think that it's important to 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 express whatever whatever you're feeling. Yeah. We always like to ask artists, you know, a similar question because, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, for example, I mean, although she's a very mainstream artist with a very large audience, a lot of people were giving Taylor Swift a lot of, you know, crap because she wanted to stay out of politics. She didn't want to, you know, take any sides, even if personally or privately she did. Um, And then she finally did. Um, So it's always, we find it very interesting, like, you know, different artists take on that where some, as you said, like Public Enemy or even YouTube back in the day were so critical yeah. and had such a distinct message and it was all about social commentary and now, you know, that we're in a way so divisive and polarizing, um, it, I feel it, it could be a struggle for some artists, you know, it's like, where where do I fall? I think that it's just, it kind of, I, I, I personally think that you, you should do it. I, I think that artists should speak their minds it's kind of what an artist is there for um but you know other artists might might tell you otherwise uh 
I know, I know like Bob Dylan used to say they like to stay out of it and like stuff like that. And, but then you look at his material and you're like, did he really stay out of it? Right, you know? So, right. so, you know, I, I, I believe in, you know, in, in addressing it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that if you don't and, and you're, you're kind of not giving a voice to something that absolutely needs it. And there's certain causes nowadays that absolutely need support. Yeah. There's so, yeah. also something to be said, I think, about doing it authentically. You know, there are yeah. some artists who probably don't do it because they just feel like that's, of course, they have their opinions, but it, it, it comes across, <clears throat> you know, ham fisted or, you know, just right. pandering. If you're fake about it, yeah, absolutely not. Don't do it. But if you if you truly feel it and, and I, I always say I have a hard time writing love songs. Like I'm not good at writing about love. I'm, I'm like. You know, I, I'm I'm like you know practically wifed up, and I I I just don't write love songs, you know, and like like I never have. Like I mean, I I did, you know, but but like I I feel like I I enjoy writing about, you know, that kind of thing more dark darker topics. I, don't know. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Well, all, all, all artists have their wheelhouse, right? You know, it's. It, 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 I have it. Yeah. They they do yeah. what they can. They, everybody's got their own, you know, their own lane. Yeah, 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 pretty much. I mean, some some people can, you know, scoot around from here and there, but yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um Oscar, thank you so much for joining us. Um like I said, I know that your your EP as sweet as I was comes out on March 12th. And for those of us who are local, such as ourselves, March 26th, you guys will be playing at the Adrian Arsh Center. Um, Correct. Can they just find tickets for that online? Like it's under Highlight, or is it part of a? It's a, part a of festival? the Arsh Center. It's it's just us. We're we're, we're performing nice. on the twenty sixth. And uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, and it's going to be outdoors, and and you you go uh, you visit the Arsh Center website, and and the tickets are there. Awesome. And you know, guys, you can find them on Spotify. That's where I have been absolutely just jamming to them for for the last, I would say like maybe three weeks. Like you guys seriously are almost on a loop. It's you're, you're the perfect, I, I, I mean this as a compliment, you're the perfect companion for me during the workday because it's like, you keep me awake, you keep me going, but you kind of also bring me down when my workday is getting like insanely crazy and I want to start hitting people. So thank you for that. Um, you know, wow, thank you. Yeah, you, you keep me balanced. So, you know, check them out on Spotify, Highly. Um, you guys are, your Instagram handle is Highly Official. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or check out the sport too, I guess. You know, if, if you find Check it. out the sport. Yeah. Go, go visit your local Fronton. Oh, I did not <laughs> know that's uh, what it was called. So thank you for yeah. that. You just- <laughs> Fr- Fronton. Yeah. Uh, all right oscar thank you so much and you know what we look forward to you know hopefully maybe in march if not once everything goes back to normal seeing you guys perform live because i definitely again i've been experiencing it recorded i need to experience you in person you know i need to to hear it coming out of your instruments live and in person soon soon all right man thank you thank you guys take care and we're back yep 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 that was fun it was a fun interview and you know what i can't wait till we go see them live yes, yes. oh my god the first concert in like a thousand years i know in like a millennia i know i feel like we should get some type of like trophy or placard for yeah, that yeah i uh, <laughs> i was there yes yeah they're, they're is it outside it is outside um okay. it's on the actual like the courtyard of the arsh center ah, okay on, on, la fuente 
Sí, actually, más o menos por ahí. Yeah. Um, March 26 at the Arts Center. So if you guys are in Miami and you want to go check them out, we'll be there. Now I'm wondering if that man is still in CVS with his prescription. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say that CVS is open 24 hours a day, but the, the pharmacy is not. Yeah, but if the CVS is open, that's all he needs. Yeah, that is true. He can just sit at that, at that no, blood no, pressure no, no, no. machine. And, uh, and at this CVS, which is I'm sure it's the same of most CVSs and, and Walgreens, now they're doing the COVID shots. Oh, that's true. And, yes. you know, en la entrada estaba llena de viejo. You know, like, ¿a dónde me siento? Eh, ¿A dónde te tengo la nota del doctor? You know, and I'm like, I love this. Like, I love this. I love that. I love that. I'll never forget that one a few years ago. <laughs> I was at the Walgreens in my office at Hialeah. The Walgreens by my office in Hialeah. And there was an, an, a lady, and I'll never forget her name. was Mirta, too, because, you know, we love Mirtas. Uh, <laughs> Again, there was like she was the only cash register in like all of Walgreens, and I think that the thing about Walgreens and CVS is that w literally one second there's nobody in line, and then, and then the next sudden, second there's like ten. Yeah, they, they teleport. It, it's it's not even like gradual, right? It's not like okay, well now there's one, you know. No, no, no. Later, all of a sudden, there's, three. there's like forty people. Yes, yeah. like I don't know what it is. Like yeah. we're all part of this. We yeah. all do it. <laughs> so there's something in the music that like manipulates us, right? So anyway. She was having a super hard time. And when I get to her, she's like, mira, aquí pusieron un sistema nuevo de computadora y esta es una basura. Y yo no entiendo por qué las cosas las cambian. Esta es una basura. Yo aquí no entiendo nada. And then she'll pick up the phone. A cashier manager, whatever. So, and I'm like, oh my God, Mirta, I, I, I feel your pain. Uh, I feel your pain. But see, you know, like. But I have to say, though, before we go to our last sodas, I think that your favorite in recent history was probably the older couple that was at the McDonald's and had no idea of anything that, that was I posted on, the menu. on my personal Instagram yes. last yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, my personal Instagram. I posted, and again, I don't get mad at these things. I enjoy and savor Are you kidding every me? moment. It's of anecdotes it. for the show. I was so I was in the I was in a McDonald's, and the reason why I went back to McDonald's, I'm totally gonna throw the McDonald's by my house under the bus. The McDonald's on Kendall Drive always gets your order wrong at the drive-through. Always, always, you can order four Big Macs and four fries, and they will give you. Two quarter pounders, two cheeseburgers, a sundae, a milkshake, and you know, a cinnamon <laughs> roll. They will not give you what you ordered, right? Because some, you know, I go order most of the time when I go there is to get something for Tristan. Right. So it's a fairly simple order. It's a freaking happy meal, either right, cheeseburger right. Or, or chicken nuggets. Or chicken nuggets, right, right. right? It's a happy meal, right. right? They always get it wrong. So I get home and the meal was wrong, and I'm like, oh, if I walk into that house and that child sees that they have the wrong order, like there will be a crack in the earth's crust. Like, oh no! Like that's how bad it's gonna be. And he was super hungry, so I went back, and that's why I had to go into the McDonald's right. because I got a comment from Stephanie oh. from Mamas and Merlot. She's like, what were you doing in the McDonald's inside? I'm like, I have to go back. Anyway, so I go back in and somebody was wrapping up and this older couple comes in and they start looking at the menu. But not only did they start looking at the menu, they had questions. Right, which is very odd. Right. They had McDonald's questions. has like three items essentially. Pero como es esa pechuga de pollo? And then, you know, the girl, you know, Samantha, who's 15. Right. She's and like, is like, is already annoyed that she's working on Saturday yeah, at she's 2. like, why am I here? You know? Right. I don't know, man. Ah, okay. Ustedes tienen batido de trigo? I was about to step in and go, ¿qué ustedes quieren? Ustedes quieren un hamburger, mira. Este es el tipo de hamburger que hay. Este es el tipo de pollo que hay. ¿Qué ustedes quieren? ¿Quieren papita? 
Okay, McDonald's for Hispanic Heritage Month, you should totally have a deal with Rodrigo. Like, right. I'm not, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> like, I was about to step in. I'm like, okay, ¿qué ustedes necesitan? How can I help? How can I help? Porque they're, they're looking at the menu. Like, if they're looking at the Cheesecake Factory menu, <laughs> like, like, oh, man, I don't want to see them at the Cheesecake Factory. Oh, they would have so many questions. <laughs> that would take forever. So many it's like so, ridiculous amounts of questions. So yeah, I I I took a picture of them and I posted. I didn't show their faces, and it wasn't even right. like I, because I, I I would never shade someone like that on Instagram. Um, I just thought it was lo- it was it's cute. Like I think it's right. endearing, yeah. you know that it's like, ay pero esa pechuga como es? and I'm like, ma'am, you're McDonald's. You don't want to ask. Yeah, don't ask too many questions. Don't ask too many questions. You don't want to know preparation what's in it. of the meat. Yeah, like you're not gonna be happy. It's so, not gonna end well. So anyway, pero bueno. <laughs> Speaking of McDonald's has made me thirsty, although... Yes, we're we're going to deviate a little bit today. Um, today we're having a last beer. A last beer of the desert, which I don't know because I feel like beer's diuretic, so maybe you don't want to take it in the <laughs> desert, but still, we're going to go with it. So our last beer, we're actually going to do a combined yes. um, last beer, and we're going to give it to um, Beat Culture Brewery, and by extension, of course, Alan, Yes, um, you know, one of the founders of He's the, freaking the cool. He's one of the coolest people I've met in a long time. We... Legit. And I'm not. I'm not really uh, impressed by most people. <laughs> yes, Shania. <laughs> um, so no, seriously, like I'm not impressed by most people. It's like whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah. But he was freaking awesome. Phenomenal, phenomenal. Like just like a smart, engaging guy. Like, we were talking to him for like what, like two, three hours. Yes. Like yes. Equidal. Yes, but so so great, and he has a great thing going here now yes. at uh, Beat Culture. So we really invite everybody, you know, to. Um, come down here it's a, it's just a really laid back environment super it's 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 really miami it's not the pretentious exactly you know, exactly stuff that you see in it's south not south beach, beach yeah. it's not south beach it's beyond south beach it's beyond south. um <laughs> to kick in our yes let's tie it all ago. together um but it really is great and he's doing great things so we really wanted to give a shout out to him he made us feel Absolutely. so welcome. The food here is the freaking food delicious. Is so good. Oh my you know, god. We had we had cornbread madelines <gasps> with a leche condensada dip. Okay, everybody, I don't care if you're in Miami or not. If you ever find yourself in Miami, you've got to come and just have the cornbread madelines. Yeah, so, you oh, know, so good. Our hats off to him for being so cool to us, but most importantly for, you know, providing this type of um, establishment, which ultimately does lead to the culture of what Miami really is. So absolutely, absolutely. So, thank you so, much. so bueno, that was episode one forty-seven. Yes, sir. Yes, it was. So we're, we're zeroing in on one fifty. Next week, we will have Megan and Harry on the interview on, on here on the yes, show. Yes, they decided that after Oprah, Oprah, the only logical is better. Let me tell you. Better let me tell you. They feel that they didn't really appeal to the Hispanic demographic, right? And right. But uh, but. Other, but we won't. And Maria Celeste is right, not doing anything right, right but now. We so. are not going to interview them at a pretty garden. We're going to interview them at Dos Croqueta. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say La Ventana en Versailles. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> no, I want to keep it. No, Dos Croqueta. Dos Croqueta okay, is better. Okay, we can do Dos Croqueta. croqueta. All, right, all right. You know, because Harry will be like, what is this? A, a is, this like, is, this, is this like a French croquette? Like, what? Like, like ham? Harry. It has ham in the middle? It's so much more than that. Yes, it's magic, Harry. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> Megan's probably had a few. I'm sure. She yeah. seems like she goes. Because Megan is friends with Gina Torres. Beda. Bed they were and together you know, on suits. Right. And you know, Gina at one point came in and she was like, I, mira, aquí tienes ropa vieja. Well, do you remember how I told you I knew Gina Torres was Cuban? Because of ropa vieja? Because I, Gina Torres was very, very big in the sci-fi world, but that's not my world. Right, that's mine. So that's your world. So I did not know who Gina Torres was 
prior to watching Suits. And in season three, and she was instantly my favorite character on the show, Jessica Pearson. I've only made it clear in 147 episodes. This episode brought to you by Suits. Um, in the third episode, she's in the third season, there's a moment that they're talking about takeout. She's like, oh, did he get ropa vieja from that little takeout Cuban place that I like? And I was like, wait, stop. I'm like, she, the way she said ropa vieja. Right? No. Yes. She's like, did you get that ropa vieja from that little Cuban takeout I like? And I'm like, no. No, 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 no. She no, said no. that like somebody who's had no, it. No, no. Unless you are Cuban. Right. You know, or you don't really Caribbean. You Cuban know. adjacent in some way. You yeah. don't say ropa vieja the way she said ropa vieja. Right. You know? <laughs> Así vieja. And I look her up and I'm like, oh, she's Cuban. Yes, she is. She is from <laughs> both Cuban. sides. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, bueno, so that is uh, episode 147. Thank you so much, everybody. We hope you listened, laughed, and learned. And as always, grab your pastelito, your croqueta. And in this case, a beer. Unless you're driving and then stick with the cafecito. Yes. Uh, si maneja, no tome. Y si tome? Toma materba. Es, eh, no. Si maneja, no tome. Si toma, toma materba. Es, es nutritivo. No. Es something. Es, 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 never mind. Estomacal. Whatever. <laughs> materba. <laughs> anyway. Materba is not a sponsor, pero let me yeah, tell you. No, no, so no. we hope you had a great time. Have a happy Friday, everybody. Pero Friday. Yes. Have a great weekend. Cuídense, mi gente. See you all next week. Bye. And Harry and Megan are not going to be here next week. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismael Llano, produced by Ismael Llano, and our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.